Some days I look through the windshield and I see the bright road ahead, paved with hope, resiliency, and comfort. In some weeks, well, I feel like the bug who just hit that windshield. Ah, nothing bad happened this week, but it was just one of those weeks where I kept saying to myself, wow, we are really broke and I'm just not sure it can be fixed. I started the week reaching out to local media outlets of various types and I said this, would it be a newsworthy story if the town you lived in suddenly banned red sports cars? Imagine all the people in this town who were law-abiding citizens who never broke a law never been in trouble, and were simply living their lives as productive members of society. There were lawyers with red sports cars, certainly doctors with red sports cars, and quite a few hardworking people who saved for years and purchased these cars. Now, these cars look nice, and they really, they could move if they wanted, but their owners respected the laws, respected fellow neighbors, and were thrilled just having fun driving in their cars. Of course, the town had, on rare occasion, that idiot. Y'all knew who I'm talking about. The guy who passed you going 110 down 315, weaving in and out of traffic until the inevitable. It was bound to happen. He crashed. Crashed right into that innocent family, and tragedy struck. I said this to multiple reporters. Laid the foundation, told the story. They all agreed that making the red sports car illegal impacted good people who were respected, respecting the law. I continued. I told him that it was actually determined that in this town, almost one-third of the citizens were found to have these cars, and now, and now the mere possession of one could subject the owner to mandatory jail time. The community up in arms. One reporter said, well, that's absurd. The other one spoke out, I wouldn't live in that town. I replied, oh, in this town, I should tell you, they went further and they said it would apply to anyone even driving through, even if you did not live in that town. Every single one of the reporters agreed. This would certainly be a newsworthy story. With each, I hesitated for a moment and then I said, then why are you not writing about that law, Columbus City Council? Mayor Ginther and Zach Klein just announced that turned an estimated 300,000 law-abiding Columbus citizens, potentially one-third of the Columbus population, into criminals overnight for something they purchased legally yesterday or a week ago or 10 years ago. Why the hell is that not in your news? Every reporter was shocked to hear the numbers, and one by one, every editor shot down the story this week. Not worthy of the news. No guts to ask the leaders for the basis for such an infringement on our rights as Columbus citizens. We are broke. This week, I also had the opportunity to talk to a few officers as I worked the streets for a shift. I generally believe that people were good, doing the right thing, even when no one is watching, respecting their fellow man. I was made aware of a recent call for service that had occurred involving an auto accident. It, of course, was at a busy intersection during the busiest time of day. The call started, stated that three cars were involved, and, of course, they were blocking the intersection. When the officer arrived on the scene shortly after getting dispatched, he found what he would expect. Traffic backed up and debris in the roadway. As he pulled behind one of the cars obviously involved, he exited his cruiser and asked the driver of the smashed-up vehicle if she was okay. Young, scared, and still in a state of shock, she said she was fine, but that the other 
two vehicles involved. The other two vehicles who collided into her, probably after running a red light, they took off, left the scene before police arrived. Not just one, but two-thirds of the party involved in this accident left. No regard to the well-being of the one left back. No compassion for their fellow citizen. No guts to own up to their mistakes. The girl left behind to fend for herself to literally pick up the pieces. We are broke. The last example from this week is just unimaginable, but predictable after the dissemination of law and order in, in Columbus, Ohio, by Prosecutor Klein and Tyak and the complicit city council and our unbelievable mayor. I've said it since the riots of 2020, but the average person living their lives, hardworking, just focused on raising their families in central Ohio, they have no idea at all how broke we are when it comes to law and order in this city. The stories I heard this week of the emboldened criminals, thugs, punks, cowards, were out of a movie script. The lack of prosecution of these bad guys and the threat of frivolous, unwarranted prosecution for the men and women in law enforcement who are protecting us is just unreal. It has affected every officer on the street, taken away that instinctive trait that allows an officer to be a protector, that edge needed to survive those instincts that ensure they go home safe after each shift now out of focus the empowerment given to those terrorizing our city by the elected officials is criminal they run the streets freely not just in the bad parts of towns anymore without the threat of consequences to their actions taunting police not just committing a crime under the cover of darkness to evade detection like criminals of old but now blatantly provoking police presumably to capture it on video or live stream, endangering civilian lives, endangering officers' lives, without a care in the world, free to roam. We are now living on their streets. We most certainly are broke in need of honest leadership. Remember to keep fighting, keep preparing, stay focused, and always be looking through that windshield, ready for what lay ahead. Live from LAPD Firearms Range and Training Facility, this is On Target, the latest from the firearms industry, the products and politics that affect your hobby and liberty. This program may not be politically correct, but it is On Target. Now, your host, Eric Delbert. Good afternoon. Welcome to On Target. We're broadcasting live from the studios of LAPD Firearms Range and Training Facility. That's located at 999-999 Bethel Road. I'm your host, Along with my father, Phil. Woohoo, look at that. Right there he is. Papa. Hey, you know, if I'm going to sit in on these shows now, we have to change the format a little bit. Really? You know, we used to be able to have a quick session of telling our pet peeves. Well, know? that was, we had Paul Paul's pet peeves written in there at oh, one point. Oh, I got one. Okay. I got one. When, yeah, I can say it later on, or I don't say it at all. I'll, I'll point to you. You point and that, to and me. And then, then you know. Yeah. Hey, speaking of, uh, speaking of just crap this week this this one's really really not good uh on a somber note i'm sure you guys heard uh we lost a, a good one this week um a friend of the store a uh, friend of the family uh demetrius stanley um passed away this week i don't know if you guys heard that yeah, yeah. and um he was uh, he actually went to school with my sister phil's daughter um been a uh been a uh, I mean, been in the store for years um you've heard him on 
with Blazer and those guys. Just a good person, good athlete, good husband, father, um, and really a super strong supporter of the Second Amendment and conservative rights and stuff. So we like to uh, say we're thinking about his family and stuff during these times. Just Definitely. gone way, way too quick. Thoughts and prayers. COVID yep. shots. <laughs> I don't think so. I'm telling you. Not on this one. <laughs> no. We are the owners of LAPD Firearms Range and Training Facility Interactive in law enforcement. But for one hour on Saturdays, we put together a group of firearm experts to discuss new products in the market, training tips, and oftentimes political topics surrounding the Second Amendment. Our commitment, though, has always been to bring you facts about our industry and ultimately help customers and listeners with safe, responsible ownership of firearms. I want to thank by, uh, start by thanking Congresswoman Balderson, who jumped on with us last week, keeping hey, us hey, updated hey. on uh, the, all the ATF um, ruling and how that is going. This week, um, we're going to update you on some of the unconstitutional Columbus laws again, uh, point out a few things. There's more. And uh, just reiterating a few of them. And then, of course, talk about the ATF ban. There's a couple of things that came out this week. A couple of lawsuits now that are starting to get filed, we'll mention, uh, that, are, that are a good thing. But at 1230, we have a discussion um, that you're not going to want to miss. It, uh, I'll tell you this, um, those sitting around the table and some of the guests listening, you're all going to have a differing opinion on this one. But mine will be right, just so you know. Well, oh. I'm telling you, Chuck and I talked about this yesterday. We, I, I don't, we don't necessarily agree on this, but that's okay. That's what, that's what, that's what uh, freedom of speech and, and, and talking is about. And, and unlike our, our liberal friends on the left, it's an open forum here to, to hear the, the, the discussion and to hear the facts and to formulate your own opinion. That's fine. And so we're going to have that at 1230. It's going to be based around the federal judge ruling this week that said it was unconstitutional to prohibit somebody who is a user of marijuana to own and possess a firearm. Uh, Ed, I sprung that one on you, Ed, didn't okay. I? Okay. All right. So, but you want to hear that. So at 1230, we're going to have actually uh, a listener. Kevin is going to call in. He reached out this week, and uh, he had a compelling story. And, and I had to tell him, I said, look, you know, you, you changed my thinking or you at least opened my eyes a bit uh, on some of this. So we're going to have him on and have a great discussion on that. Um, let's see. What else do we have here, guys? Of course, thanking our sponsors. TTG Technologies, Jackson Egress Windows, Blackwing Shooting Center, River's Edge Cutlery, and, of course, CNS Engraving, all who make the show possible each week. Here in the studio with me, my father and co-owner sits to my left. Paul Paul. Yeah, there you go. It would be Paul. nice it's that you well, – okay. pointing it, to you. Was that a point? Yeah, that was – so, Paul Paul, do you have any pet peeves that, that you have, need to air? Any I airing have, of grievances? I have one recent one and just a general one. This isn't about getting behind people who are turning left. Oh, that irritates me. But – uh, no. <laughs> Every morning I wake up early and I read a little bit and then I look at the news. And this headline, you know, says, Missing New Jersey teacher found dead in a shallow grave. All right? And you can picture that, right? So it has, you know, and, and uh, so it has an article um, about it and everything. And I just lost it now on my phone. Um, <laughs> this is what happens when... My fingers don't work, Eric. So, look, the one time I Eric, point to I you. I have a pet peeve. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, look. Um, all right, now you got the headlines, right? Yeah. And, great. All right, okay. And then a, a big article about it. And then at the very bottom it says, and the police are treating this as a, sus- a suspicious murder. <laughs> They're treating it as a suspicious murder. 
Is that not a statement of the obvious? (laughs) Right. How many times have you seen news articles where a person was found dismembered or whatever, and they're treating it suspicious? Yeah. As a the news is full of fluffy words. It That's is. All, the, the, the robber used a blue handgun. Who the hell cares what color it was? Well, no, how about the, it, it was a gun. That's all you really need well, to know. somebody might know the guy it's and know gun. he's got a blue gun. Oh, my gosh, really? Or how about There's this? video evidence of him coming up to the counter, hitting the clerk in the head, taking money out of... Police say he's a person of interest. Yeah, exactly. He did it! <laughs> it there's, the interest is he did it! There's a big, it's it's, it's like video. his high school portrait. He did it! Are you trying to try to convict him before he gets his yes. day in court? Oh, okay. we should not waste all that time in a courtroom when you've got pictures of you did it. Well, maybe he looks like you. Then it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about Chuck? The guy shot in, on your west side, and immediately after, and he was shot, and they rushed him to the hospital. I mean, do they ever not rush? I mean, is there a time where you get shot and they're like, well, they didn't rush him to the hospital? Hey, hey, pull over for a sandwich over here. Only in Chicago, they stop for a donut. That's first, okay. <sighs> New Jersey's what? had a rough February already. And in addition to that, uh, that teacher, yeah. did you hear? There's two I, city council I people. I saw that. But uh, the, the first one was a black female Republican, so yep. we've got very little coverage. Now we've got another who's also a Republican. Uh, people say, well, it's got nothing to do with politics. Well, I don't know that New Jersey's overwhelmed by the Republican Party. Right. So, I mean, if these two... Who are the, the first two to be shot? Certainly interesting. Yeah, I know. New well, Jersey's not someplace I'd want to live right now. So that death is being considered as suspicious. Oh, right? yeah. That's okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. Are you still on your pet peeve? I'm sorry. We, did we no, I no, guess my pet peeve is generated into a big thing here now. <laughs> well, I Come thought on. maybe you had another one. Oh, well, he does. But that's, oh, that's an after-hour <laughs> show. show. Ed, Ed, we we got, need a two-hour show for you that You got one, <laughs> one minute. Now Now he carries a badge again. He's, he's hard to live with. Yeah. What's he carrying a badge for? Shh. Mm-hmm. Mall security is what yeah, it mall, is. He's doing mall security. Just call me Bert or Brett. Mall, mall, call him Bert. <laughs> so Whatever Ed, his name was. Bart. 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 <laughs> so, Ed, Chicago update. Hey, all right, here we go. Holy crap. 266 shots so far this year in the third month. And uh, what are we going to do? Oh, no, this is the second month. This is the second Seven. month. Yeah, I'm getting ahead of myself. Two months into the new year, 266 shot, 58 homicides. And we've had. Two officer-involved shootings. Too many. Just two. Too many. Two too many? <laughs> yeah. What about the 266? Yeah. Anyways. That's normal. But you yeah. have, if you don't have any sympathy for all the what crime that's going on in Chicago, just vote uh, knucklehead back in office. <laughs> there you go. Vote light bulb. Guys, we're going to jump to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about what is going on in the Second Amendment world uh, right here in Columbus and on a national front. And we're going to get to our caller at 1230. We want to talk broadcasting live from the studios of LEPD Firearms Range. We'll be back right after the break. Another example of how we have gone backward. That song, when it came out, of course, Sting singing background there for Dire Straits. Um, what you hear on the radio in 2023 is severely edited from what we heard on the radio in what was it, 1987, yeah. th- they had to take out so many things that are offensive by today's standards. Back then, we could live with it. Today, it's right. offensive. 
And it's man, we're so messed up. Yes, we are. Broke. Oh, are we back on? We are back. We're back on. Welcome back to On Target. I'm your host, Eric, joined today with Big Ed. I got Chuck here to my right, and I have Paul Paul to the left. Guys, we want to update you on a couple of things going on right here in Columbus. We know the magazine ban, amongst other things, were put into place a couple of weeks ago. Um, still uh, fighting uh, that uh, in the courts. Hopefully that is going to get um, removed at some point, as it should. But in the meantime, a couple things. One is we have a one solution. If you are truly uh, concerned about owning a magazine 30 rounds or above that is now illegal in the city of Columbus or even passing through the city of Columbus. Yeah, that, that's, that's a twist on what the, we thought in the first ex- place. Yes. You can drop them off here. We will hold them with your name on them. And when this passes, you can come grab them again. I would also like to give a shout out to some of the yahoos out there on social media who said, "Oh, LAPD is just going to take them. They're cops. They're just going to keep them." Right, people, you know, they, they don't have they don't have the guts to come here and say that. But you, sir, can... are what we call a moron. Yes. So that is something that, if you legitimately do have that <clears throat> concern, um, we will hold them here for you because we, of course, do not sit in the city of Columbus or convert them. So he was insinuating right. that because we're cops, we're going to steal them. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Okay. The the video that is up on on the LAPD <laughs> Facebook page. That's beautiful, man. That's yes. beautiful. You got the well, little conversion kit. Breaks it down, shows you how, how easy it is to turn into a 29-round magazine. Come in, buy the kit, do it yourself. And what Chuck's talking about is, and this is done kind of in a tongue-in-cheek manner, but we are offering right now for uh, several different models of the Magpul uh, magazines a uh, spacer that you can come. It can go into the magazine, and it will limit that 30-round mags to 29-round. The whole thing, you know, kind of a... Uh, uh, in your face to city council that I guess 30 rounds is bad, but if you're 29 rounds, no, you're, oh, you're, you're good. And you're actually, and we put together a little uh, a little uh, commercial for it. Did you hear it last week, Chuck? No. Uh, Emily, can you go ahead and play that again? Shootings every day. Thousands of cars stolen. People being gunned down at malls. Crime out of control in Columbus. We need leaders. We need to look to our elected elite. We need Ginther, Klein, Harden, and the rest of our saviors to show us the way back to safety, security, back to safe neighborhoods, back to safe streets. That is why your leader in the firearms community, LEPD Firearms Range and Training Facility, is recognizing the experts in our community, acknowledging their wisdom, embracing the facts, the banning the outlawing of firearm magazines that can accept more than 30 deadly rounds is the answer. Owner Eric Delbert was quoted as saying, If it will clean up our streets, we stand beside our experts in City Hall. Today, LEPD is happy to announce a solution for the citizens of Columbus. 30 rounds in a magazine is deadly, and that is why today we're thrilled to offer a modern sporting rifle magazine that can only hold 29 rounds. It's safe, it's fun, and you won't be breaking the law. Think of the lives saved. Kids can now play in the streets. We can once again be secure going back to our malls, knowing that we have done our part in eliminating crime, violence, and tyranny. Stop by LEPD on Bethel Road and join the thousands of Central Ohio residents who have become 29ers. Embrace it. Feel it. Own it. Be a 29er. I'm 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 a 29er. Don't be left out. Get your new 29-round magazine or pick up an adapter to make your current magazine compliant. Join LEPD and thousands of others, and you, too, can be a 29er. 
All you were missing was the Mormon Tabernacle Choir singing hallelujah in the back <laughs> as the city How'd became a safer place has, with only 29 rounds. Has anybody dropped off their magazine? I don't think we – I haven't checked recently. I'm not sure if anyone has. We have sold uh, several of the these inserts, and they are a legitimate thing. Uh, yeah. The only thing we, we do say is that the law reads, and it's important to note this, that the, the magazine is supposed to be supposed to be permanently fixed with this. Who knows? I mean, that's up to a judge to decide what is permanent. We're thinking none of it's going to stick. Right. None of it's going to stick anyways, but you could probably put glue on the base plate. There's some things out there you can do. But we have them here, and uh, come get your T-shirt, too. We want to get a little movement going right now. Mike Mike Dwarren just asked if we had shirts in stock. I said we we have shirts in stock. We have shirts in stock. We have them. Come in and be a 29er. So is that the governor? No, this would be no, another, this another Mike, one. Mike DeWine. <laughs> okay. um, he made that clear last week. <laughs> you, can, you can tell because when you speak in the presence of this Mike DeWine, a trooper does not take you down. So um, this uh, – <laughs> hey. what a joke that was. The, uh, the whole 29 thing, though, your, your monologue at the beginning, you used red sports cars. I'll tell you what. You want to make people really understand, retell that, record it, whatever you have to do. Replace red sports cars with alcohol. Yeah. Exactly. Alcohol. Yep. You cannot you cannot own a, anything more than a 12-pack. Hmm. You can't be in possession of anything more than a 12-pack of beer in the city of Columbus. <laughs> yeah. You you can have no more than two 750-milliliter bottles of liquor in your home. And say, doesn't matter if you're not drunk driving. Right. Doesn't matter if you're not getting drunk and beating the neighbor kids. Doesn't matter. You, you can't have it. You just can't have it. Not that you've ever done anything before. Not that you've proven yourself to be in some way uh, scary to our society because you have access to it. But just because you have it, you are in violation of the law. Change red sports cars to alcohols, and people will go, wait, hey, wait a minute, huh? That right. that would be a much more common element right. for, it, it, especially the media people, yeah. bunch of drunks that that might uh, <laughs> that might actually. <laughs> and Chuck, is you're that right. called prohibition. Yeah, they <laughs> tried it once. Yeah, they I mean, tried it once. Legit. I mean, we, we backed into these numbers. Of course, I mean they're all an estimate on an estimate, but it literally could affect one third of the population of Columbus if if Columbus, the city of Columbus residents. Uh, hold true to what national population is and who has possession of these magazines, 30s and above. And, and you can you imagine transport? that? What, what if I lived in Galloway and I wanted to mail you my magazines for safekeeping and the mail truck goes through Columbus yeah. to get here? Yeah. Are they going to pull the mail truck over and confiscate the package? And nobody, none of the local press has the guts to go to Klein and to Ginther and say, sir, can you show us the facts? How is this going to reduce crime? I mean, one of the city councilmen uh, was quoted as saying, this will, this will clean up the streets in Wedgwood. Well, I, wanted, I just want to put this out there, and I'm going to make a plea to the mayor, Klein, and whoever's the head of the city council. Call in or come into the store and talk to us because now we support your ban on yeah. magazines. And we'd like to hear your comments on how we're yeah. going to help clean up the crime and stop the murders. Ed, we have invited uh, folks like that before to call in or to be our guests, and they don't show. Well, don't. I know I know somebody from the mayor's office is listening to this, so they can surely tell the mayor we're asking for him to come onto the show via either by phone. I, I, or come in we and sit would at be, the table. We would be respectful. Absolutely. I mean, we, I, I want to just sit here well, and have an intellectually honest discussion. we got to put tape over his <laughs> mouth, but yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Guys, we're going to jump to a break. On the other side, talk about interesting conversations. A judge recently ruled that the mere uh, being a user of marijuana 
no longer prohibits you from owning a firearm. A, a change that has uh, has uh, sent uh, ripples through the community, if you uh, if you will. We have a, a listener who's going to call in uh, who reached out to it this week, and we'll get a little discussion on that. So you're not going to want to miss it. We're on Target Broadcasting Live from the studios of LEPD Firearms and Range. We'll be back right after the break. Live from LEPD Firearms Range and Training Facility, this is On Target, the latest from the firearms industry, the products and politics that affect your hobby and liberty. This program may not be politically correct, but it is On Target. Now, your host, Eric Delbert. Welcome back to On Target. I'm your host, Eric. Joined today in the LEPD studios, we are blessed to have Pawpaw sitting right here beside us. Mr. Pet Peeve himself. Pet Peeve Pawpaw. My fan base knew was really concerned about my surgery that I had. I'm going on five weeks now of having it. Really? Nope. Yeah. Nobody cares anymore. They don't care. Well, mm-hmm. they didn't care then. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm almost 100%. Well, That's good. We're happy to hear that, Papa. We are. Why do I have a Barack Obama ball over here? What is that all about? Why is that thing looking at me? <laughs> no. Um, no. That's your Christmas present. No, thank you. <laughs> so I have Big Ed here, the voice that you hear there, and also Mr. Chuck Douglas sitting beside me. So, guys, for a number of years, the ATF Form 4473, the one that you'd recognize as having to fill out when you're purchasing a firearm, has a statement that reads like this. Are you an unlawful user of or addicted to marijuana or any depressant, stimulant, narcotic drug, or any other controlled substance? And there was also a caveat recently placed on it, and it says, Warning, the use use or possession of marijuana remains unlawful under federal law, regardless as to whether or not it has been legalized or decriminalized for medical or recreational purposes in the state where you reside. So this has been on the form. If somebody checks the box yes, the process simply stops. Uh-huh. You're not able to purchase a firearm or be in possession of one if you admit to being a unlawful user uh, of of these uh, narcotics, including marijuana. That is until this week. This week, a federal judge in Oklahoma rules that the ban on gun possession for marijuana users is unconstitutional. And here are the facts of the case. It came out of a traffic stop. Uh, The officer smelled marijuana in the car, and the gentleman was found to have a firearm. And a federal grand jury uh, shortly thereafter returned an indictment for possessing a firearm with the knowledge that he was an unlawful user of marijuana. The argument, uh, the attorney uh, said, was, amongst other things, that the charge violated the Second Amendment rights under the recent Supreme Court ruling of Bruin, the Bruin decision. And that that ruling had a a line in there that is starting to turn things upside down. And it basically said, um, is was there any historical tradition for having this part of the law in place? And so the judge in this case went and said that actually uh, – Un, being unable to possess a firearm if you're a medical or a marijuana user has really been a recent thing. It's, it dates back to 1981, so it hasn't been something that historically has been there since the beginning of when the Second Amendment was. And so they said it didn't have deep roots, is what he uh, had mentioned, and that basically that it was unconstitutional to prevent somebody from possessing or purchasing a firearm if they said that they were a user of marijuana. 
So uh, this week, a listener wrote in and uh, said, hey, look, I, have you seen this article? And um, there is – I have a compelling story that might be worthwhile for you to hear and listeners to hear. And, and I'll tell you, honestly, I've pretty been – I've been a little bit narrow-minded, I think, in, in this topic. But after I listened to this, it definitely made me start thinking of, of you know, of – that those thoughts that I, those views that I had. So, without further ado, I want to welcome Kevin to the show. Are you there, sir? Hello. Yeah, Kevin. Hey, you're on. How are you? I'm doing fine, Eric. Hi, Phil. Hi, Chuck. Hi, Ed. Hey, hey Kevin. It took hi. you a little while to get to the phone. But you're not. Uh, you're not lighting up anything, choking. are you? <laughs> no. Just checking. <laughs> no, I, I heard a brief interruption on my end. So. <laughs> so, so Kevin wrote in, and I'm going to let him tell the story. But he had a, a interesting perspective and really a compelling argument on why this judge's ruling is the right thing. So, Kevin, I'll let you tell kind of uh, the story that you had sent over. Yeah, certainly. Thank you, Eric. So uh, let me start out for uh, the record saying that I do not use uh, cannabis personally. So my background is in construction and facilities maintenance. So if I was ever injured on the job with an OSHA-reported injury or if I was in a company van, and had an accident, even if it wasn't my fault, um, insurance required I'd be tested. Uh, but I also have a, a valid Ohio concealed uh, carry, and I take my right to carry a firearm in our state pretty seriously. And if I was ever, God forbid, involved in a situation where I need lethal force to defend myself or another victim of a violent crime, then I'd not want to have anything in my body, of course, that would taint my ability to defend that use of that action accordingly. Here's the interesting part. So my fiance lived in Wayne, Michigan, and she operated a fully legal cannabis operation in her home for a year. Now, she needed to have a state-issued medical card, and she was able to grow for herself up to 12 plants. And she also could grow for other people and, um, and up to five other people, and so she could have a total of 72 plants in her home legally at one time. So if you want to grow, you have to grow indoors if you don't want to use dangerous pesticides. And she grew organically, no fertilizers or pesticides for people who wanted to avoid traditional pharmaceuticals uh, for, you know, things like cancer or pain relief or Parkinson's disease and any other medically recognized Michigan reasons. I also had the opportunity to um, help my father, who had stage four cancer. He went to chemotherapy station pretty intense. And his doctor said he was the first person to, to not accept a prescription for nausea or pain during the process of of the type of cancer that she had. Now, in order to remain legal in Michigan, she uh, needed to have her own uh, state valid issued card. She needed to have the legal certificates called caregiver forms from five other valid license holders. We, of course, had to have uh, electrical inspections by the cities for all the extra equipment and the lights. We have eight lights up to 1,000 watts each. We have to have mechanical inspections by the city for the extra air conditioners prior to keep these cool rooms cool from all the lights. Each room had its own independent climate control, and we even ran the air conditioners in the winter. We also had to have building inspections by the city that verified that we had a working alarm system, have heavy uh, security screen doors um, on all the external doors. We had to have, each of the rooms had to have their own secure locking doors. And we, of course, had all the permits had to be up to date annually and posted inside on the group stores as required by the state law. Uh, each of these steps cost big fees. Um, for the county and uh, the went to the county and the state. Our operation was so legal that uh, she would frequently call the Wayne County Police Department and ask them to perform wellness checks and 
security checks at the house when she traveled to Ohio to visit friends because the police knew that she had a fully legal and compliant cannabis operation in the home. Now, here's the problem. Armed home invasions of legal cannabis operations shot through the roof in Michigan. Criminals would loiter around in numerous houses and shops to scope out the pace of who were purchasing things like scissors and canning supplies and drying racks. They would discreetly follow them back to their homes and they would find out where these grow operations were located. I was encouraged you know, to avoid uh, watching this and always to take a different path to get back to the house. But these criminals knew that these homes would have a large amount of prepared product for a large amount of cash. You remember, you cannot have a bank account connected to a cannabis operation because it's federally illegal. So a legal grower in Michigan cannot have a firearm in the house, and home invaders knew it. Also, Michigan borders Canada, and growers know that federal border patrol agents would frequently raid operations looking for federal violations, especially firearms. And some of the larger legal grow operations had millions of dollars in cash and products and were under the constant fear of getting stung on drums. So... I propose, imagine being a woman or a man living under the constant fear of being living alone, knowing that you're living with an increase of being harmed by home invaders. Anytime you open your front door to get some mail or you open the back door to let the dog outside, imagine carrying thousands of dollars in cash or products to and from the dispensary without legally able to defend yourself against armed robbers. Imagine being so vulnerable and knowing that your assailants are assured not armed. So when I would go up to visit her, I would have to disarm myself when I got to a property, even though Michigan's a reciprocal state, and my valid Ohio CCW license allows me to carry a firearm, I was not able to legally have it in her home. So one of the reasons why we did not get married while she lived in Michigan, because the moment that we did, we could both become instant felons, unless she was willing to give up her livelihood of truly wanting to help um, people. Um, who are sick, or I needed to give up my constitutionally protected right to carry my own firearm if we resided in the same home as husband and wife, even though I personally am not even cannabis. We even investigated buying a double so that she could reside on one side with her grow operation and I could reside on the other side with my firearms in order to obtain separate residences. I'm not sure if this would have satisfied the legal requirement or not, regardless, it seems absurd that we would even have to consider that. So, I propose, isn't it abuse of my civil rights that I cannot marry the person I love due to the fact that we become instant felons if we chose to? In the end, we chose to give up the cannabis operation due to the fact that I would never forfeit my right to own a firearm and because the laws radically changed when uh, cannabis was legalized recreationally in Michigan in 2018. Uh, so, Kevin, so that's my story. I mean, that is, you know, it, it, it's certainly a different, I mean, I had never considered that i mean i would never really took it to that level that hey if if you were a legal you know if you had a legal operation in some of these states i mean you're still federally prohibited from owning it from protecting yourself and as you mentioned those grow operations can't use banks so there's typically an enormous amount of cash why why because it's federally well, not I recognized yeah, the, the i know same federal government talk, yeah people gotta pay the fair share we got to pay a fair share. Corporations, rich, got to pay their fair share. Well, you're keeping them from even reporting their income by not exactly. allowing them to have bank accounts, for gosh sakes. And how are you going to get their fair share? That's just stupid. That's it the is. federal government's so full of uselessness. Yeah, I know. I know. But it, it really got me thinking. So I, the guy sitting around the table here, what do you, I mean, Chuck, I kind of know your thoughts. But, <laughs> what, what, uh, but I think Chuck's thoughts are a little bit different 
then uh, I don't necessarily agree with making marijuana or any mind-altering substances legal. But if they are going to do it, then simply being a user of marijuana, and by the way, using and being an addict are two completely different things. And that question should not be one question, but should be two. Uh, If you are going to make it legal, then it's got the same repercussions as me having a couple of bottles of bourbon in the kitchen cabinet. If I am not under the influence while using my weapon, then it makes no difference whether I use it when I'm not using my weapon or not. My gun's at my house when I'm drinking. My gun's at my house when I'm smoking. As long as I'm not using it under the influence, then then they should have nothing to say about it. So for me, that that question on the form, I look at it. I'm like, oh, that's a slippery slope. So uh, now we're gonna let a cocaine user. You know, possess a firearm. But, Chuck, you made the point when we talked yesterday that I think that was critical. You know, as long as cocaine or heroin or whatever is illegal, then, then with that, you give up your right to own a, a firearm. And don't count on that being the case forever because with the heroin right. use growing and growing and growing, especially among people in nice suits uh, who, who drive expensive cars, as that continues to grow – before you and I are dead, it may very well be legal to use heroin as well. It is in yeah. Washington State. Is True. It? I mean, there there is, I guess, some areas, yeah. So they got places for them to go. I, well, let me make clear. I don't smoke pot. Inject it safely. Right. I'm not a weed smoker. I think it was three times when I was like 19 or 20, I tried it. I smoked. I passed out. I woke up and ate every damn thing in sight. What good was that? <laughs> so, I, you know, I, I'm like, okay, this is stupid. I don't know why people have mess with this crap. So, but I, I don't, I don't use it. But I just don't see where, it, where it makes sense to legalize it and then say, but you have to give up a constitutional right to keep and bear arms because you use it, even if you are not using it when you use that firearm. Doesn't make sense, right? Just the mere admitting to being a user of it. So yeah. yeah, it is. It is crazy, Kevin. Thank you so much for for bringing this up the, uh, this week and for calling in and telling your story. We're going to open up the phone lines here uh, for the last uh, quarter of the show and and get some more conversation. But certainly, uh, thanks so much for uh, reaching out this week. And Kevin, uh, I'm not an attorney, but I played one on TV once. I would have to say that if you have a half a double and there's no entrance to each side within this inside of the home, that you should be okay with having a separate. He's gone. <laughs> well, he's still listening, I'm yeah. sure. Uh, a separate entity to be able to get away with that. but And I would check with a lawyer on that to be sure. But if it's yep. a separate dwelling, I don't know how they could convict you of being part of if you're not over there living there. It's two separate addresses. Yep. That's my so legal advice. Do you advice. remember Lloyd Bridges in uh, Airplane? Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Was that Airplane? Every every drug yes. that came yeah. up, he's like, was heroin's a hell of a drug. Yeah. I, I took a bad day to quit coffee or whatever. That that's the world yeah. we're in right now. I just feel like everybody's got something but you know, that they're going to try to take away. You know, Chuck. I mean, you got a point. If if they're going to make it legal, then they have to define it everywhere else. And I truly believe, just like what's going on in Washington State, it's going to be here. You're going to find all these different drugs that are illegal now. They're going to say. Okay, as long as you use it here uh, in a safe place and we can monitor you, come on over. Let's all party. I think it's going to happen. Guys, if you want to jump in on the conversation, uh, 614-821-9886 is the phone line. We'd love to hear uh, what you have to say. Um, We're going to jump to a quick break, come back, continue our discussion, uh, talk a little bit more about this judge's ruling, who now makes it uh, apparently legal 
to possess a firearm um, if you are um, if you are a user of, of marijuana. Uh, I'm not sure how that works at the store. I mean, we're down, so bound by the form at the moment. Don't know if that's going to come down uh, later or not. But that is the discussion. Give us a call, 614-821-9886. We'll be back right after the break. No clue. I have no clue. Emily, what are you playing? Wow. Never. Mm. I don't think I've ever heard that. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Welcome back Just to the Ontario. title. Just That's the right. title. Welcome That's back it. to Ontario. I'm here, Derek, joined today with Big Ed, Mr. Hey. Chuck Douglas, is to my right, and Paul Paul to my left, talking about the recent judge, federal judge ruling uh, now apparently allowing those who are users of marijuana to possess or purchase a firearm. So, guys, you know, during the break we were talking, um, yeah, you know, one of the things, and I, I'll be honest, I'm not for the recreational legalization of it. I, I don't know. It's just one of those things. Maybe it's growing up in law enforcement. I don't know what it is. But it just seems, it, and maybe I'm naive, We, I can count on one hand how many people we've kicked out of this store coming in smelling like alcohol in 10 years. I can count on... Uh, it's it's probably hundreds that come in smelling like pot. Now that's not to say that people aren't coming in smelling you know, that that have consumed alcohol and you just don't know, but it just seems so much more blatant, um, you know. And and you know, certain people I guess think that it's okay to come here and to shoot or to handle a firearm with. And I I don't know, and I I struggle with that. But if it's made to be legal. Obviously, you're not going to, you know, legally be able to be in possession of it while under the influence. But, you know, I guess you have to allow it. How does that differ from alcohol? I mean, you, it doesn't. You get you get the same effect, or right? I mean, I don't know. Cause right. I've never smoked pot, but I mean, doesn't it? It's still impairment. It's impairment. Yeah. So so what you know so alcohol is legal. Right. Yeah, but you can't handle handle a firearm and be drinking with that. Well, see, that's that's another. And so, Chuck, so, and, we talked yeah. about that yesterday too. Why? Why is .08 this arbitrary line in the sand? Yep. Why does that look at .07? I can go get into my five thousand pound machine out there and yep. operate it at seventy miles an hour on the freeway, and I'm okay. But at .01, if I have to draw my weapon and protect myself, I've broken the law. That, that, that's, that's a stupid. great point, Chuck. I mean, if if we're saying impairment. You know, uh, starts or or legal impairment starts at .08. Man, you can't get behind the wheel of a car because you're endangering yourself and others. Why is it an absolute at zero for being in possession of a firearm? It's it's a a valid question. Your .08 is going to be different than mine. I don't drink very much. Occasionally, I'll I'll have a drink. You're crushed all the time. So, (laughs) (laughs) what? Fact, I think he's crushed now. Yeah, he probably is. Okay, buffed or crushed. Your .08 would be significantly more alcohol, most likely, even though I'm a bigger man. Your .08 would require more than it would for me. So I would be far more intoxicated at that same level than would you because you drink more than I do on a, you know. And I think you just answered your own question. That's why they came up with the .08. Yeah, but it's completely arbitrary. 
I understand, but they got to draw the line somewhere. Well, let's draw the line with IQ tests before you can vote. Let's draw the line. Seriously. I I mean, if we're going to put limitations on somebody's legal constitutional right based on some number they just come up with, let's let's limit everything. They they didn't just come up with that number. You answered that question when you said his is going to be, his 08 is going to be different than your 08. Right. So they had to draw so, the line somewhere to be able to say. So if we're both 08 and somebody comes shooting right now, I would rather Eric takes the shot than me because he's going to be in better shape to do it. But we're going to have the same blood alcohol level. Yes. But, again, that's why they made the definition of 08 because somebody may be more impaired at 08 than another person at 08. So, so why not be able to carry a firearm at .04? Yeah. I'm not discouraging. I mean, I don't know. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be able to. I'm not. I'm. I'm just pointing out. Yeah. You made your own argument by pointing out his 08 is going to be less than your 08 as far as your inebriation, your and ability that, to your function, ability and, to function. And, and everything else. And that's why they came up with the number of 08. It used to but be it's still, right. But they lowered it to 08 because they figured .01 was people were too way too gone to get behind a, we, a vehicle. And there again, the same thing. My point one oh or oh one is going to be a lot different than yours. Yep. We could both be at legal limit or, on, or over the legal limit, but your ability to function yep. because you're not a drinker is going to be a lot worse than mine. You follow me? I understand so, what you're saying. And I just, that's why they've come up with that. They had yep. to come up with some kind of number. They just yep. can't say, well, we're going to figure it out. We're going to test him, and if he's a point three nine. Um, so, and he's still able to function, yeah, let him go. I mean, I, I've had drunks that I've pulled over and tested that were .40, and you, the guy was a functioning alcoholic. Yep. One of my very best friends used to, he put away a 12-pack after work every night. He was constantly drunk. The guy would go to work drunk, but he was well-tailored. He yep. functioned well. Nobody had any clue. Yep. And I, I'm more scared of me. With two beers, and I was with him after 12. I understand. Guys, thanks for spending the hour with us. Paul Paul, thanks for being here. Stop by, grab your 29er shirt, make it a uh, make it a thing here going forward. We also have the, the plugs as well. Next week, uh, another good show on the horizon. Um, have some guests coming on, calling in with us. And um, so that I think that's it, Paul Paul. Stop by and see us. We're here uh, every day but Monday. Hey, Paul Paul, thanks for coming in today, too. Thank you for thanking me, and let's be careful out there.